Well, good morning, church family. Uh, today is Wednesday, July the 15th of 2020, and it's time for our midweek devotional uh, as we continue on in the study of Psalm 119, and we enter into this next section. Uh, but before we do, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of our church family that has the ability to uh, listen to this today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the time of study that I had and, and what I learned in relation to your word uh, and how uh, it, it speaks to us even today and how the psalmist uh, shows us that uh, the word of God has the ability to overcome the obstacles of life. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you would just use this teaching uh, to encourage all of us uh, to cause us to, to look to you for strength and for guidance throughout the remainder of this week. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you know, we have been studying Psalm 119, and we have uh, entered into section number three here, uh, which has the Hebrew letter Gimel uh, as the uh, overarching letter from the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, as you know, there are a total of uh, 22 sections with eight verses in Psalm 119, uh, and that is uh, not by, a, uh, by accident. As a matter of fact, as we take a look at uh, this particular section, uh, the letter uh, Gimel, uh, which actually is derived for, from the Hebrew letter uh, Gamal, uh, means uh, the giving of reward as well as the giving of punishment. And as we're going to find as we begin this uh, new section here, uh, and I'll read in just a moment, uh, that he, the psalmist is asking for, for God, uh, praying to God to give him the reward of dealing with him bountifully uh, as uh, his uh, servant uh, before the master. So let's go ahead and take a look and, and read uh, in its entirety all of, uh, of this next section as we look at verses 17 through 24. Uh, we'll in particular unpack today uh, verses 17, 18, and 19. It says, Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. So let's go ahead and take a look here, uh, in particular verse 17, as we begin this uh, new section. And it says, Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Now, one of the first things we need to recognize here in this section is that the psalmist is not calling on God to do something that God is unwilling or unable to do. Matter of fact, what the psalmist is calling on God to do is to be faithful to who he is. Uh, to, to give um, as uh, God always does. Uh, God is the one who gives us all good things, uh, and God is good in relation to what he does uh, for those that belong to him. The psalmist is boldly calling on God not just to answer his prayer uh, with a blessing, but to respond with a uh, bountiful blessing, as we see, because he says, deal bountifully uh, with your servant. 
And it kind of reminds me of a couple other uh, actual psalm passages where uh, we find that God does deal bountifully uh, with those who belong to him. In Psalm 13, 6, it says, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Uh, it also reminds me of the fact of, of God's goodness. In Psalm 119, uh, later in verse 68, uh, it says, You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. See, God created us because of his goodness. Uh, and as uh, uh, the God who is good, uh, he deals bountifully. He deals uh, his goodness towards us uh, as his servants, as those who have been bought with a price. So in, in response to the question we think about God's goodness is, why did God not destroy us when we sinned? Because of God's goodness. Uh, why would God, the eternal Son, bleed for us? Because of God's goodness. Uh, why would God forgive me when I sin repeatedly before him? Well, it is God's goodness. Uh, and it's an actual uh, testimony of the fact that God does deal bountifully. He does deal graciously. He does deal uh, uh, in relation to his children uh, showering blessings upon us, uh, even when we're not uh, doing the things that we should. Um, the, the psalmist is praying this way so that the outcome um, or the reward, uh, as we find, because remember, uh, gimel comes from the root word gamal, which means giving of a reward. Well, the, the psalmist is praying that the outcome, that the reward of his relationship with him, that the, re that the reward of praying to him would be for him to live uh, and keep God's word. Uh, that word live there actually means to revive or flourish uh, because the, the psalmist wants to keep the word of God and he's asking God to, to deal out a, a blessing uh, in relation to that so that he can do the very thing that God uh, uh, commands and expects of him and that is to uh, keep God's word, to not ignore it, to not see it as in, uh, in, important in the world in which we live. And as we take a look at each of these sections, we're going to find that there is an obstacle uh, that uh, the Word of God overcomes in life. Uh, and that's why this section is entitled, God's Word Overcoming the Obstacles of Life. And here in verse 17, the uh, obstacle that is overcome is complacency. Uh, and compl complacency in the Christian life can rob a believer from experiencing the joy and satisfying life God gives through His Word. And so as we see the, the psalmist, you know, praying and petitioning God, saying, deal bountifully with your servant. He is doing so for the purpose of making sure that he does not become complacent. May God's word takes second place in relation to everything else that the psalmist does. Uh, instead, he sees the importance of uh, God's word permeating every aspect of who he is. And therefore, he's praying, deal bountifully with me, Lord. G give me that extra blessings so that I, I may um, enjoy uh, your word. Uh, he is not praying for God to bountifully bless him with personal pleasure or comfort. And I think that's interesting because, you know, there are some that would come to God and pray for the purpose of God, you know, uh, you know, give, give me extra comfort, God. Uh, give me uh, what I want, God, as if God is uh, the proverbial uh, genie in the bottle. 
uh, and even in what we're going to be taking a look at this coming Sunday where it talks about asking, seeking, and knocking uh, has been uh, wrongfully used in relation to basically seeing God is there for asking whatever we our, our hearts uh, desire, even when our, our hearts are not in line with the will of God. Uh, in other words, what, what we want as opposed to really what we truly need. He is positioning God, who is the master, to give him what God already knows he needs. And we've seen that in the uh, study in the Sermon on the Mount. We've seen that in the attributes of God, God knowing first and foremost uh, everything pertaining to life and godliness, everything pertaining to his children. Well, moving on, verse 18 goes on to say, uh, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. The second obstacle that the Word of God overcomes is that of spiritual blindness. Because uh, the prayer here is, open my eyes. You know, as you think about uh, life, as you think about how we are from a spiritual standpoint, as those that are growing uh, in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, sometimes we can be blinded by uh, things that are actually beneficial to us. Uh, we can, uh, as we saw this past Sunday, as we took a look at King David and how he was blinded to his own sin. And it took the prophet Nathan to come and to challenge uh, that blindness with something that David could tangibly see. Um, see, we go through seasons in our spiritual lives where the Word of God seems dry and of little benefit. But the thing is, is that the onus really in all of that falls on us because God's word does not change. What changes is, is how we embrace it. What changes is whether or not we have something that is there that is blinding us to the very nourishment that we need. And so the, the psalmist has identified the fact that without God, uh, you know, the God of the Bible opening up his spiritual eyes so that he can uh, see and so that he will not miss out on what God has for him. This is where that prayer comes from. You know, Lord, open my eyes. Master, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Now, this word open here, uh, where it says open my eyes, uh, is actually the same word used in Numbers chapter 22, verse 31, in a, uh, a, a Old Testament account that you probably are very well aware of. It says, Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his uh, sword, uh, drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed down and fell on his face. So that word there where the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, for Balaam to see what his donkey could see and he could not, uh, is the same word here used in Psalm 119. And that verb there means to reveal, to uncover, to reveal oneself, to expose, to disclose. Uh, and so just as uh, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes for him to see what was right in front of him, but did not have the eyes to see, uh, it's the same here in the psalm where uh, we see in overcoming the obstacle of spiritual blindness, the psalmist is saying, you know, Lord, uh, open my eyes, uncover, take off the scales that are there because of whatever, so that I may see and, and, and appreciate and behold the wondrous things uh, in relation to your word. See, God's word does not need to be changed for the psalmist to see. 
God needed to give him the ability to see it as it is. Uh, and that's a prayer that we, each one of us should have as we approach the Word of God because there are things that can come in the way for us uh, to not be able to see what God has for us. Uh, lenses that we have that block us from seeing the truth uh, and the encouragement and the nourishment and the, and the very thing that God uh, needs to teach us from His Word. You know, the word behold means to look intently with the purpose of seeing. Uh, seeing that which is wondrous, you know, uh, which can be translated great uh, or marvelous. Uh, and the thing is, not everyone sees the, the wondrous things in the Word of God. Matter of fact, we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Well, even with the, uh, having eyes that have been spiritually opened uh, to uh, the reality of Jesus Christ and our need of a Savior for us to be able to see our sin, sometimes we don't see the wondrous things of the Word of God because we are uh, participating or allowing some obstacle to come between us and God, uh, where we're quenching the Spirit and not uh, allowing the Spirit to be able to show us those uh, beautiful and wondrous things. And that's why we need to pray, Lord, open our eyes so that we may see, may behold the things that are in your word. So what wondrous treasure does God want to uh, uh, have before you today? What, what wondrous treasure does God want you to behold today? Listen to what James Montgomery Boyce said. He says, if you want to see wonderful things in the scriptures, it is not enough for us to merely Ask God to open our eyes that we may see him. We must also study the Bible carefully. The Holy Spirit is given not to make our study unnecessary, but to make it effective. And so it is twofold here what Boyce is saying is that, yes, we should pray, but that's not just enough. Um, because we do need to open up this book. We do need to study it. We need to see the importance of it. Uh, and the Spirit will give us exactly what we need. The Spirit will keep it from being dry uh, and for little benefit. Uh, and instead, we'll, we'll maximize so that, uh, as the psalmist says, deal bountifully, bless me uh, beyond measure uh, as I, I'm faithful to opening up your word. Open my eyes so that I may see uh, your word for what it truly is. Then uh, taking a look at verse 19 and where we'll close today is uh, it says, I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. This third obstacle that the psalmist is praying to overcome is the obstacle of living in the world while belonging to another kingdom. It reminds me of 1 Peter uh, chapter 2 verses 9 to 11 where we're reminded that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, uh, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. See, the truth is, as the psalmist is recognizing, he says, I am a sojourner on the earth. Uh, we are sojourners on the earth because this is not our home. 
Matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 3, it says our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, so this place here on earth is only temporary, and we do live in the earth, uh, and we're not to be of it. Uh, and so the psalmist is saying, you know, I'm a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. So in other words, hide not your word from me, Lord, because I need it, because this world is not my home. And the philosophies of this world do not speak to the home that I belong to. Uh, the psalmist needs the word from his own homeland to guide him. And what is that word? That word is the holy word of God, the Bible, which he has given to us. And so the psalmist is saying, don't hide that from me. You know, let that be part of who I am, because uh, what the world has to offer does not help me, does not build me up. Uh, matter of fact, it, uh, the things of this world, as it said here in 1 Peter, uh, uh, are... Uh, things that wage war against my soul. Uh, but your word, uh, what it does is it, it, it fills my soul. It encourages my soul. It blesses my soul. You know, um, he is asking for that word which uh, is from his homeland as he lives in a world which he no longer loves or lives for. This is why the prayer is for God to make known his commandments and not to have them hidden because he needs them to live. And so he wants that constant contact. He knows the importance of the word of God, recalling God's promises and uh, things yet to come. And it's an encouragement to the psalmist. And so his prayer is to, to deal bountifully with me, Lord. Open my eyes and hide not your commandments from me. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you that the psalmist has a desire to see the importance of your word in his life every day. And I ask for that for each and every one of uh, your uh, children, uh, particularly those at Ellington Baptist Church. I ask that you would deal bountifully with each and every one of us, that you would open our eyes so that we may see uh, and behold the wondrous things of your word. Uh, and that you would not hide your truth from us because we know that we are not uh, uh, those who are citizens of this world anymore. Uh, that we have a, a homeland, we have a, a place that you are preparing beforehand uh, for us. Uh, a dwelling that is in uh, uh, your realm and not this world. And Lord, may this be an encouragement to uh, our church family today. And Lord, we ask that you would guide us and direct us to think rightly, to uh, speak rightly and to uh, to act rightly uh, in this world today in Jesus name. Amen Well, God bless you church family and, and have a great Wednesday